G'day and welcome to the Shed of Basketball Truth. It is Studio 3 tonight. I am joined by just all-round good guy, you know, blood giver, technically a plasma giver, uh, in uh, an instant off, uh, instant defense uh, off that Capitals bench, the one, the only, Anthony Kopskis. How you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, you know me, mate. Living the dream. Living the dream over here, just uh, in the shed, halfway through construction. So, look, things are looking good. Some photos will go up once she's uh, once she's once she's a bit more done. But uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit all over the shop, but we'll make it work. We'll make it work for for the, for this episode. We're 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 just gonna do a, a little bit of a sort of cram together episode. Smush a few things together. A little bit of short and sharp. Um, and we'll, we'll see if we can come up with something special for the end of the week. We'll see how we go. Uh, but tonight we're going to do short and sharp through the WNBL, through the NBL, through the NBA, and finish with a bit of Crackham. And uh, look, you know, while there's lots going on, we'll, we're still trying to you know, get through it, but also wrap it up a little bit, uh, a little bit quick, because obviously with things, season's coming to an end and almost at the all-star break in the NBA we could deep dive for days, but uh, we'll keep it a little bit shallow, let you know everything you need to know, and uh, yeah, keep it moving in the first episode of the week here. All right, mate, WNBL, getting to the pointy end of the season. Since we last spoke, yes, we had a couple of games here. Lynx got up over the spirit. All right, well, Lynx are desperately trying to, they're in that fifth place, and they're desperately trying to crack that, uh, Crack into that top four. Yeah, they're uh, making a, a late push on it. Mm. And, and, yeah, it's pretty convincing at the moment. But we'll, we'll see how uh, kind of it tracks out. Definitely so, it's definitely so. Certainly making for a more exciting uh, run into the end of the season than it, it had looked at the start. Yeah, well, look, they looked in a little bit of a wilderness there for a good part of that first chunk of the season. but. Uh, it's now also at that stage where teams can potentially, you know, those, you know, three or four lower level teams, they can, while not all of them can jump up, obviously they can potentially ruin some seasons or, you know, definitely play a part in some standings and yeah, they'll, they'll play a part for sure in uh, how this, the final, final couple of weeks plays out for in this WNBL season. And we had Townsville just in one point nail biter getting over the caps. Yeah, that could have been uh, disastrous for Townsville's season if that if they drop that one, it ties them up with um, ties them up with Perth. Yeah, and look, great games across the weekend. Adelaide just getting nosed out by the Flyers, seventy three seventy two. Again, one point W. For the yeah. Flyers, just getting it done. Again, Adelaide was so close, um, so close to, you know, altering those top four standings. But in the end, the Flyers doing just enough to get it done. Townsville. Yeah, well, after, after like we'd complained about the lack of parity through the WNBL for the first probably six, seven rounds of the, of the year, like of the season, they've everyone can, it seems like, at least push anyone uh, to to the to the brim of mm. almost either getting a win or, or taking one of those top teams down. Classic three quarter of the way through sort of <clears throat> a season, things things aren't as fresh, things aren't as you know smooth, things aren't as necessarily stroking. And on any given day, you know, someone can step up and really have a game. And and some of these lower teams are definitely doing that. Townsville <clears throat> only had a four point win over the Sydney Flames. Again, close. And Lynx got up over the Boomers in basically the blowout of the round. And it was was nine-point victory over the Boomers. (laughs) And, you know, everything else was was within four points. Every other game of the round was within four, uh, four or within. Um, This was the only blowout at nine points. Which considering smashed up like that. Well, exactly, exactly. You know, champions to the champions, no more. They're reeling after that one. Um, (laughs) But you know, at the start of the season, we had thirty, forty point losses. Um, uh, 
being dished out by some teams and now we have a round like this as we're you know starting to look into the finals it, it's genuinely great to see um you know, all these teams rising but amy atwell was our signet player of the round with averaging 18 and a half points for the perth links four and a half rebounds and one assist per game over the two games uh over the round uh team of the week perth heavy obviously with amy atwell in there as again um Robbie Ryan with 17, uh, averaging 17 points a game and five and a half rebounds. Jade Melbourne, stepping it up, 19 points and six assists for the Caps. Kayla Thornton, 22 points, 11 rebounds for the Flyers. And Tiana Hawkins um, with 17 points per game across the two against the um, Caps. And Sydney with pairing that with six rebounds as well. So, look, really solid performances, um, obviously, across uh, across the round by those ladies, obviously, them being the, the players of the round. But if we look at the ladder, we've got the Southside Flyers in one with 12 wins and four losses. Boomers in second place, 11 wins, four losses. Townsville Fire in third with 10 and four. Spirit with 11 and 5. So that rounds out your top four. Then you've got two games back to the Lynx. And then, well, after that, their seasons are done, but that doesn't mean they can't help ruin other, uh, other teams' chances down the line and still play for pride and really get out there and take some of these teams down uh, a peg or even two because it is really tight at the top with the top three teams only having 11 losses, uh, 11 losses, sorry, four losses, um each and the spirit uh they're in third because they've got that effectively they've got that fifth loss so it's going to be tight over the last couple um yeah but you know, well, hopefully uh, we have more great basketball like we've seen in lo- over the last round big big game to watch this week uh townsville fire versus perth links um if if perth get the win they're they're tied with townsville um mm-hmm. that's thursday night uh, I believe at uh, 6.30. Wednesday night, 6.30, mate. Wednesday, Wednesday night. 6.30, yep. The, the end of the month is throwing me off. <laughs> <laughs> All good, buddy. So, yeah, look, you know, great basketball still to come as the WNBL heads towards their finals as well. But before we jump into the NBL, I do need to shout out a, a, a couple of teams um, who went up for the – Sunshine Coast Clippers Australia Day uh, long weekend uh, basketball carnival. C-grade men. Uh, it, it was a great game in the end uh, with my team. Obviously, I rode a lot of pine in, in that game. Quite a lot. Uh, Nearly as much as I did the day before. <laughs> hey, I I averaged, uh, I think I... Oh, I think I had two touches and one turnover from an out of bound uh, from an inbound. So, look, my my plus minus would have been probably horrendous um, on a, on a per minute basis. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, you know, we we came close. We ended up losing uh, two two round games. Still, somehow made the semi on four and against. Uh, won that, got through to the grand final, and lost by four. Uh, in a really tight game that came down to the end. So, you know, it, it was a great weekend. Uh, thanks to the boys and everybody who run it. And I do need to shout out some friends of the show, of course, as well. In the A Women uh, final, we had the Dragons rim shots who were able to get it done. Uh, you know, a couple of NBL1 caps in there, of course. You know, your Steph Collins, your, your Anna Cameron's friend of the show. Uh your Bronte Corks and some other really great players from around the Capitals organization as well. We're in there as well. Got the job done. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, uh, just to cap off uh, what was a, a mostly very delightful weekend. Um, not going to get into how everything finished uh, in other play, uh, in other parts of the carnival, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was quite a good uh Quite all, a good round for, for you, most. And, all you can say is it's going to make for an interesting uh, round one Phoenix uh, rip game. Uh, yeah, rivalry round's going to be very interesting. 
Uh, and that's where we'll that's where we'll leave um, how the A grade men's final went. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, let, let, let's leave that exactly there, and uh, <laughs> let, let's let, let's transition back to uh, our regular programming where we jump from the WNBL uh, over to the NBL with the league with love, where they play that sweet sweet D. And mate, uh, look, I wasn't sure whether to do it, you know. Pre-game, look, you've talked me into it. We'll jump straight in with some, and I'll hit the magic button. Right, bit of bullets chat. Uh, last time I was on the air with uh, Aaron and Stefano, uh, yeah. You know, got got a little bit of a roll, got a little bit of a roll going. You know, they won a game, then they won two, and then they played the Breakers, and oof. Oh, we we had three, we had three, well, in, we a had three then, in a row, and then yeah. and that that um yeah. Well, look, as soon as they announced um Kitty was going to be out for the week, I um had pretty low expectations of how it was going to go, especially um especially against New Zealand and how badly they needed that game. Mm. So that, that secured, I think that game secured them to be uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're trying to win to get into that um, top two. So hoping for a couple cans losses for them, but like, yeah, it was always, it was always going to be a bit of an uphill battle and, and it showed and, and they, it seemed like they just didn't really turn up for the game. It was a, uh, it was a hard one to watch. Look, it was a bit, uh, yeah, no, no two ways about it. But then, to to finish out well, the round for the Bullets, uh, round seventeen, they took on Cairns, and unfortunately, Cairns got the broom out. Um, much better performance uh, um, by the Bullets. Only went down by seven, but you know, just and it was a it was a closer game than seven points. Like it was, oh, yeah. like and until the very end, it was all all in it, and we had opportunities to kind of bring it bring it to tie game or, or one possession, and and you know how like the foul game goes sometimes, and it just didn't go in our favour. Yeah, and they started the quarter uh, first quarter, um, you know, strong, which is. Typically, a really good sign for Bullets teams um, over the last couple because they're unfortunately it hasn't been their strength, but they did they were able to come out and get the lead in the first quarter, which typically does help them down the stretch. And in this one, um, it did there to the end, but just not quite. Um, and unfortunately, Taipans the Snakes were able to uh, sweep the Bullets, um, you know, taking every game this season. Uh, yeah. uh, they've, they've just had a hoodoo over the bullets for, it almost feels like forever. Um, it feels like a long time. Yeah. yeah you know. <laughs> almost since the bullets came back. It's just been, yeah, it's been hard, mm. hard. They've been hard pressed to, to get a game over them. Yeah. But, it feels like whenever the Taipans play the bullets, they almost, they're able to circle it and go, yeah, we'll show up for that one. We'll, and no matter how good <laughs> or bad they show up. And yeah, bullets have just really had a, you know, uh, an issue, uh, even when they've had better teams and whatnot over the last couple of years. But anyway, that's that's just the way it goes. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. for whatever reason, a team just has the stick over you. So, ah, uh, well. So positives. Tyler Johnson kept his his good form up. He's mm-hmm. just been playing yeah outstandingly well. It's just it's kind of a shame like the team doesn't fit better around his his skills and asset like him as an asset but like to be able to get him those extra minutes and and ball time and you know it's just don't have that like needing to play Sobi and him and and they don't really they can't really play that one two combo very well at least except for Saturday night because that's what they ran and and the boys combined for 47 points so that's pretty mm. tough <laughs> Yeah, and look, you know, we're seeing fairly good, um, you know, points performances out, out of Sobi, and 
One one thing I will say too, at the start of that NZ game, you know, what did we see a lot of? We saw Big Bainsy going inside, you know, which was good to see. Um, you know, did they stick with it? Well, you know, not as much as I would have liked, but, you know, they actually showed it. And he is incredibly hard to stop when he's, you know, he, he's just a big body inside. Like there's, you can't coach height, you know, and yeah. bulk. And when he's able to, you know, get half a step and some of those Sobe passes were quite good, um, nice little lobs inside and you know, it, it was almost unstoppable um, yeah. at, at different we, points. And then went away from it and it, and it uh, kind of, that's where the game went as well. Mm. When when they started to uh, not feed him as much, we, we stopped really scoring the ball and getting stopped. So it's hard. He's not, he's still not there in-game shape kind of thing. Like he's didn't really ever get to that Baines shape that we'd hoped he would, but he certainly towards the end of the season started to find his feet a lot more than he had at the beginning. Yeah. And I think one of the cool, probably the, the coolest thing to come out of um, uh, those two losses, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was friend of the show in in Tanner Krebs rocking the uh, Harry Froley jersey um, while sitting on the bench. Obviously, Krebs is still injured, but um, you know, rocking the Harry jersey, which was a really nice, you know, really nice gesture. Obviously, Harry's done for the season with uh, you know that incident down in uh, down in Illawarra. Um, you know, obviously, wish him a speedy recovery and all, and all those sorts of things. Um, but yeah. Uh, it was just a really nice, simple little touch. Um, yeah, yeah it was. A, it was a really nice gesture and and show of support for one of his teammates. So it's yeah, it's tough what happened to him, and hopefully, uh, hopefully he's back to back to himself in no time, and and he's back on the court playing for Ippy and the Bullets. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, you know, because obviously he's got that record to protect. You know. Well, wherever wherever Harry Froling goes, uh, MBL you know, divisional championships, yeah, championships follow. follow. So yeah. uh, you know, obviously Ipswich will be hoping he's uh, he has a speedy recovery just in general, not not just for their season. But uh, yeah, we we obviously wish him the best and fingers crossed. But all right, mate, let's uh, let's look forward to a little bit more positive things. Um, in that sense, it's that time when the time of the year when they start releasing, you know, who's making the cut for different awards and the first cut. And so thought we might jump in and uh, make a couple of predictions and I'll let you go first. I'll let you, you go first, you know. <laughs> You're so kind, Val. Well, you know, that way if you get it wrong, I can, you know, correct your mistake. Uh, but also it also allows you to take the odds on favorite if you wish um but all right we'll 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 start with the lindsey gaze trophy um the coach of the year coach of the year so nominees are we've got adam ford for the taipans chase buford for the sydney kings and modi mior uh for new zealand breakers who you got mate um Oh, it's hard. It's hard to say. I, I'm, I'm probably just going to stick with uh, stick with my boys over the Dutch and mm-hmm. pick Modi Mayor. Yep, reasonable, more than reasonable pick. I mean, you know, was with the team with previous coach and everything. Went through the COVID stuff, so there's all that sort of backstory behind it as well. You know, and they really stuck with it and flicked the switch this year. Um, yeah, they've been fantastic. Um, mm. Like, yeah, I. I don't think I don't think Chase will win it. I'd I'd guess it would be one of the other two. Just from kind of where they've gone from to where they are now, it's it's rather impressive. Yeah, and look, I I'm thinking very much a uh, Adam Ford, um, just because like like in his quote, you know, they were uh, I'm going to butcher it, but effectively they were deep in the process, um, and they've you know jumped up into third place which is yeah. you know uh, they, they've been able to do that much much quicker than they sort of had planned they're well ahead of their timeline like that's that's really cool you know the, there's that there's that sort of story there um 
like you, I, I don't think Chase will you know, get it done in that sense that, you know, they're right back where they were last year. They yeah. haven't come from, um, even though that there's that argument, well, you know, they're the best team in the league. Best team in the league. You know, they're yeah, the champions, you know, before. So can they not, run it back? Taking, uh, yeah, certainly not taking anything away from Chase. He's been good and their team's fantastic. It's just the story's a bit better, I guess, is is what normally drives these things. Like sometimes it comes down to pure logic of who, who's who been the best, but a lot of the time it's a storyline kind of deal. And, and these two other guys have, been incredible and they've also got a great little storyline behind them so yeah and uh all of them have moments on the sideline where they're not afraid to tell the refs what they think (laughs) so mind you i think chase is in a league of his own there i mean yeah he does he does have a a little bit of a temper some would say uh he himself has come out and said that it's you know something he's working on so But uh, all right, let's let's go from the Lindsay Gaze Award to the Next Generation Award. So for that one, this is going to replace the Rookie of the Year. Um, so we're going to have for this one the nominees are Luke Travers, Sam Froling, and Sam Wardenberg from the Cairns Taipans. Well, um, Wardenberg would have been the heavy favourite for Rookie of the Year, and mm-hmm. and would have won for like just about guaranteed, I would think. Um, but since they've reclassified it, I'm I'm taking uh, the Queenslander playing uh, playing down in Illawarra of, of Sam Froling. Not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Um, look, I, I'm going to stick with Wardenberg. Um, he's going to be my pick here. I just think he's had quite a good season on a team that's doing really well. Um, yeah. You know, and he hasn't necessarily got the same same minutes or, you know, and things like that. Um, but I just like, you know, the fact that he's been able to con- contribute in his first season, really help his team. Um, you know, and, and his team have, you know, come from nowhere. So. Yeah. He's been, he's been fantastic. Um, but yeah, they're just, just purely on like the counting stats and what Froling's had to do. That's that's why I ended up taking him. He's yeah, he's had a lot of uh, attention on him in this season. Oh, Whereas I think yeah, Wardenberg kind of gets to play a little bit off the other guys mm. rather than it being like Tyler Harvey and then Sam Froling's the second option. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I understand that point of view for sure. Which is you know. It's rather big of me to say, I know. <laughs> All right, mate. Uh, sixth man of the year. There's a bu- there's a Brisbane bullet in this one. Spoiler alert. So we've got Barry Brown Jr. from the New Zealand Breakers. We've got Rashad Kelly from the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. And Tyler Johnson from the Brisbane Bullets. Um, as much as I would love to back a bullet in, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to back my uh, pick for... For the for the league um, and and take Barry Brown. Just he's an MVP candidate, let alone mm. a Sixth Man of the Year candidate. So it'd be it'd be crazy not to uh, think that he's going to get that award. Yeah, and look, I I feel as if there's a bit of recency bias um, in this for in this one for Tyler Johnson because he, um, you know, for for lots of reasons um, went missing there for stretches. Um, I know Barry Brown was injured there for a bit as well, but yeah, look, it's very hard to go past, um, Barry Brown. I think it would be sort of, for mine, it feels like it's a one, two, three, Barry Brown, Rashad, and then Tyler. Um, I'm going to have to go with Barry Brown on that one too. Yeah. Um, I think they've, they've all got like cases for it, but Barry Brown's just, yeah, like it's, it's one and then two and two a kind of thing like and and or even three and three a he's just yeah he's in a league of his own off off that bench like he's scoring over 20 points a game and doing all sorts of things so certainly is all right for the damien martin trophy defensive player of the year we've got antonius cleveland uh derek pardon and shay illy who you got mate this is a tough one. I um, 
I think Cleveland's been great, but I think he's like his defense defense has been really good this year, but it hasn't it, it certainly wasn't what it was last year. I think he's just getting a bit more praise because of how good his offense has been this year. Mm. Um I think for for the impact that he made once he rejoined the team, I've got to take Shea Ely. He's just like their team went from almost bottom feeding, like they were down down in the basement with um Illawarra for for a while there and then mm. Shaley came back and then completely changed that team and and really revitalized their defense and, and, and their offense. But yeah, certainly certainly their defense is a he's a standout. Yeah, it's very easy to agree with that. Um he like you said, instant impact. Like as soon as he came back and you know and was playing real minutes, they different team. Different team, both ends. Um, look, I'll hedge. I'll, I'll take Pardon. Um, j- just for the, the the blocks that he's able to get. Like he, he is a difficult matchup when you've got the ball. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I've, I've really liked what I've seen. Um, and he'll just out of nowhere just swat something. You know, he he'll... he scares away those those little guards that are penetrating to the middle. That help defense is just yeah, yeah and when very you watch, intimidating. And when you watch him on defense, he has such good reads of where players are going to go so often. So, yeah, yeah uh, he's he he's my pick. Um, we've got two categories left: uh, the MVP and the MIP. We'll go with the MIP first. Uh, Keanu Pindar, Sean McDonald, and Will McDowell White. Um, just just to be different, because I feel like we're both we're both going to take the the same guy here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to take Sean McDonald just to um just to spice things up because he has been yeah outstanding off Tazzy's bench this year. He's mm. like shooting the ball at just a ridiculous clip and. And has been, yeah, exactly what they needed off the bench this year. And and I think as he's not like the main reason they're doing well, but he's he's a big reason that they've um won quite a few games. Like his impact off the bench and his shooting is has really swung some games here and there. Yeah. Uh and it's it's really easy to um, you know, understate the the impact Will McDowell White's had um down for the breakers too. But, you know, Keanu Pinder, um, he was yeah. on the verge of that MVP sort of conversation. And, you know, we saw it at the NBL one level, um, but he was able to take that confidence to the NBL, which that was the scary bit. Um, it was a yeah. real jump from him. And, uh, yeah, uh, even with the, you know, a couple of little niggling injuries. Um, I, I think he's just made a huge leap and he'll probably come down with it. But I, I also like the other two picks. Um, I yeah, wouldn't be disappointed. Um, you know, either way, obviously Keanu would. Um, but, you <laughs> they've, know. They've, all three of them have made a big leap. Like, Will was pretty good last year, but he's been fantastic this year. Like, mm-hmm. as a catalyst for, for that team now. And last year, he was kind of would float in and out. Whereas, yeah, yeah this year. He's been pretty dominant. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the big one. The Andrew Gaze Trophy, the most valuable player. The guy who seems to be almost always there, Bryce Cotton, Mitch Creek, and Xavier Cooks. Who you got, mate? Yeah, we were just, what we were talking about the barbecue just a couple of weeks ago, and Mm -hmm. we're talking about uh, the MVP barbecue, and now... Mm -hmm. um, Looks like big Bryce Cotton's worked his way around the uh, barbecue mingle with a few people, and he's uh, trying to get his hands on the tongs. Well, um, mate, but... uh, I, I I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he was my inclusion there. I think. Yeah, uh, he, he was. You know. Yeah, I I did exclude. Him. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, both you and Timmy, you know, went other ways for very understandable reasons, but he, he's just one of those guys. He's he's gonna get some votes. Like yeah, well, just, it was it was the record that kind of kept us from uh, taking him, and and they've kind of 
changed that now. They're they're up in up in fifth place, so he's in the playing, and it's um, yeah, they're they're looking on the way up, you know. Whereas a few weeks ago they were they were certainly not. Um, but yeah, he's he's right there, and so is Creaky. Creaky's been incredible. Sorry, Sunday night they really pushed um, pushed the Kings all the way, and Creaky top scored and, and dominated that game and they just couldn't get over the line so that's why I'm just going to take Xavier Cooks and and the triple double that he put up put up <laughs> on Sunday which is just unheard of for a uh, for a power forward to um to get one of those in the NBL so yeah it's too hard to go past his class and his defense and all the things that come along with that that player it's just, yeah, too much to overcome, I think. Yeah, look, it is tricky, and I'm going to have to agree with you. I think I think it's Cooks to lose. Um, Mitch Creek has been amazing, as you say. Bryce Cotton, just doing Bryce Cotton things. Um, and But now Perth are winning again. Um, so And they went very, very tight on their rotation the other night. But still, um, you know, he was able to... He's able to uh, worm his way over near the tongs, um, but I think it's cookies. Um, we'll just have to wait and see, obviously. But or you know, Mitch Creek has has really pushed for it this year. Um, he's especially early doors, next level. Uh, he hasn't really dialed it back necessarily, but the Phoenix aren't winning as much, which you know it's going to hurt. Um, they're now on the, you know, on the bubble of possibly, possibly. Getting, yeah, I think you know. I think it has to go really south. I yeah. was I was reading up on it, and I think the one that I can see that would knock them out is they'd need to beat Adelaide. Uh, Melbourne United need to beat Adelaide by forty-one or more, mm. which is possible. Like you saw the bullets do it, like that. 37 point win a couple of years ago so yeah look anything's possible at the end of the nbl uh nbl season but uh yeah look it's 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 also pretty tight in that um in that basically six to uh six to four sort of range in that in those three teams you're looking at teams with either 12 losses or 13 um 15 wins or 14 you know, and then you got Melbourne United with uh, 14 wins and 13 losses just behind that, and obviously everyone, everyone below that is out. Um, but yeah, look, you know, Phoenix got to lose, Melbourne got to win. You know, Phoenix, Phoenix, Perth, Taz keep winning. Well, then no one behind them will be able to do anything. So, you know, pretty simple. Um, you know, but yeah, look, it looks like. Uh, Cookie's got it for the both of us. Top six is almost a lock. Yeah, almost. It's just about. I've got. I'll. I'll tell you the scenarios that Melbourne gets in. Mm-hmm. It's got Perth to lose both their remaining games, mm-hmm. um, and Melbourne United to beat Adelaide by under forty. Under forty-two points, Melbourne would finish sixth. Perth could lose both their games, and United can still finish sixth if Perth lose by 12 more points in their games combined. Oh, that's a lovely one. It's basically Perth needs to lose. Yep. <laughs> so if Perth split their games, uh, Melbourne United beat Adelaide while making up 12 points on the margin. If there's a tie on percentage, Melbourne would advance. If Melbourne beat past the Jack Jumpers, if Perth were to win their games, Tassie would also have to lose to Illawarra. And, oh, wow, that's not going to happen. They'd have to win by 56 points. <laughs> yeah, and then the 41 could get them, could knock South East out. Or, yeah, so that's basically how it goes. It's, it's So some pretty magical loses. things have to happen. Um, yeah. If well, the Perth, Perth losing. losing both games, yeah, otherwise I just don't see that happening. But it's if Perth lose both games and they're playing two top quality teams, they mm. play uh, Cairns and Sydney. But who knows what um, what Sydney are going to do because they are 
locked in at number one. So they could just rest their guys and. Exactly. Absolutely yeah. correct. They, they could, they could shut it down. Um, whew, wouldn't tricky though. Wouldn't you be, yeah. Wouldn't you be seething if you were, if you were Melbourne and they shut and Kings shut their whole team down? You would, but uh, remember last year when a certain United player had to go to the dentist in one <laughs> Delhi Vada, Vadova and, you know, Jack Tappers happened to I then make see, it through. I can see him doing and... it on purpose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him doing it on purpose for sure, just to spite him. Yeah, well, look, you know, you can't be you can't be too upset with those sorts of things if, if, you're, if you've played those games just the season before. So, yeah. Look, uh, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting as we get tighter, but a lot of things have to go Melbourne United's way. A lot. Yeah. As we I, it's about. basically, uh, yeah, basically locked in that top six. It's just where that top six, where it ends up, other than Sydney. Sydney's locked. Which, look, you know, they've had a hell of a season. They've replaced their pieces from last year very well um, and all power to them. Can they get it done? We'll have to wait and see, but they've definitely got their minor premiership locked down. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't win you really all that much uh, in the NBL. Getting it done in the regular season isn't where it's super important. So playoff series, baby. So yeah. We'll have to see how that all shakes out. All right, let's head on over to the NBA where they play a Quite a bit less D, but they score a lot. They score <laughs> a, lot. a lot. They score a lot, a lot, lot. lot. Yes. All right. Well, it's coming out this um, uh, uh, with the All Star weekend fast approaching. It's come out that the the under the draft just before the game, uh, instead of doing it a couple of days or a week before, they're, they're going to do it just before the game, mate. Well, what are your thoughts on them trying to spice it up that way? I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Um, but I just, I'm just having a, a bit of trouble trying to um, understand how like the jersey sales for the All Stars will work if they don't know which team they're going to be on beforehand. This is a good point. This is a yeah. very good point because you're going to have like, to basically what run down to the gift shop and yeah, have them but, get those. But are they are they going to have both of them already done, or are they just I know fanatics over there are really good and they get stuff printed incredibly fast and out like the next day, basically. Mm. But it's just, it's hard to fathom how they're going to, if they're just going to waste like however many jerseys are going to be at the, at the gift shop of the, of the game <laughs> that, that they're like, duh, bloody Giannis didn't pick Kyrie. I thought he was going to take him. <laughs> well, here's a, uh, financially ruinous way for fans for them to get over that. Uh, <laughs> charge double. Um, make them both. Yeah. Well, they and then give the other one away. I don't know. But, yeah, you make a very valid point because, mm. you know, but obviously they're, they're more worried about, you know, sales after the fact that you know, we'll be fine. Yeah. But they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're banking on this you know, extra element of drama. It's come a fair way since the first iteration of the idea when this was all done in secret. And now they're yeah, trying to find different same. ways to spice it up and make it more interesting and you know, this kind of stuff, which... Yeah, I didn't even mind it last year. I don't know. But this should be... There's there's going to be some footage of some players that are very upset that they are the last person picked or that someone's been picked over them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it might not, actually um, be the first time they'll ever be picked last. Yeah, right. And Rudy Gobert's not there to get picked last. Pew, pew, pew. Shots fired. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, he has been like the last two times, yeah, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, you know, interesting points. Uh, look, for mine, I reckon they should have a big old bucket of jerseys. Now, either side, and they just, yep, pull your name out and literally right there in front of them, do it at half court, big like semicircle, and just, you know, like proper schoolyard, you know, kick <laughs> it old school. 
kick it proper old school. Make them be there. You know, uh, I, I like that idea. But. I feel like I don't think you could have them all standing on the sideline. It's got to be like a they've got to be out the back and then they get um, they come out when they get picked yeah, to an entrance kind of thing. Yeah, to their own theme music or something. Yeah. Hey, there's a little something, something to that too. So, I, I feel like I feel like Embiid could after Triple H's comments about him doing the getting fined for doing his celebration, offering to pay like can he pay it forward and pay for the rest of the rest of the years uh, fines of doing that. I think he's got to come out to the Triple H music. So. <laughs> Look, sounds sounds like it could be a go. Um, yeah, you know, at the very least, it, it's it's got people talking again in about an event that's sort of, uh, you know, it, it, it's lost some spice over the years, it must be said, especially that that All-Star game. Um, you know, uh, look, I almost want to go back to, like, days of Kobe, you know, in that sense, because he would go there to put on a show. You know, he didn't want to yeah. play de- defense. He'd fire past you. He didn't care. He's always going to show that, you know, try and show off his skills and this, that, and the other. But, you know, since then it's, it's, it's really feels like it's lost any of that competitiveness. So last two years have been good. I think since they put in the, um, what's, what's the ending called the, um, to a exact score. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to score that 21 points. Yep. Or no, twenty four points. Yeah, the Elim ending that mm-hmm. that's made things a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, like as much as some of the rest of the games pretty blasé, the ends of those games have been yeah have been great. Though since they like implemented that, it's been uh, a lot more exciting. It's more the the dunk comp and the three point comp that oh uh, that that they kind of need to find a way to spice things up and get a bit more uh, interest in, especially the dunk comp, because it kind of, yeah, has lost its uh, fanfare. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe throwing in the G League guy is going to help. Yeah. Big Mac. Big Mac, indeed. Look, fingers crossed for him and everyone else who goes in it. And always want it to be good. (laughs) Fuck. You know, you, you always want it to be good. Sometimes you let down. Sometimes it's not bad. And it's just, uh, you know, uh, I think the problem is when we were kids, it was amazing. Or at the very least, we thought it was. Yeah. And then you get some people, like some of the ones where they're just like, it's just ridiculous what they do. And um, and then your expectations are so high for the rest of the competitions. Like you take if we'd never seen Vince Carter's one or the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon one, uh, maybe our expectations would be lower (laughs) and we could enjoy these other ones, you know? Yeah. And that doesn't even, you know, doesn't even touch on the, you know, Dominique and the Jordans and. Yeah. And and Dr. J and Larry Nance. Yep. Yep. All all, all the history of it. And I guess that's the problem with it too. It's got such a really cool history. Um, that sometimes it you know, falls flat of the uh, of the expectation and things around the history, but uh, at least they're trying. Uh, they're not giving up on it. They're trying to make it um, cooler every year by you know, introducing and trying things. So, you know, if they let it go stale, then you know, and, and it completely dies off. That's on them. If they're trying stuff, well, you know, they're at least trying. They understand the problem. They're trying to make it better. So. Can't, can't get too cross with that situation. Yeah. All right. Let's have a quick look. Let's have a quick look at uh, the ladder over in the NBA as we're getting closer to the all-star break. Uh, Eastern Conference. Ooh. Oh, you know, things are looking good here for for, for me, Celts. Not too bad for your bucks either. Uh, what are we yeah, got? We've, we've kind of come back into the fold once since uh... – Drew and Chris Middleton and everyone's kind of starting to to actually play again. So, mm-hmm. and Nets are uh, up into fourth place. Um, you know, yeah, yeah well, are... they've been yeah they they they're hanging on they're hanging on to the top four with um 
with KD out. That's they're just trying to patch it together until he gets back. Yeah, but uh, you know, it feels like they've been doing that as an organization since he signed there. Frankly, yeah. Well, he's been injured three quarters of the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you've got the the Cavs just below. Um, Heat after that. Knicks just somehow hanging into um, hanging into that seventh spot. Uh, Hawks just below that. Wizards. I had that written off. They've, they've bounced back a little bit. They're not doing too bad. Bulls and then Pacers below yeah, that. It's yeah. tough. For the, the Pacers are one and nine in their last ten since yeah. uh, Tyrese Halliburton's been out. It's They've they just don't have the depth, and that's that's why the Wizards are still in the, mm-hmm. up where they are because <laughs> them and and Toronto have just been woof. Mm. I was picking them to make the conference finals, and they are just not uh, not it this year. They're they're really struggling. All right, mate. Let's head over west. See what we got. Oh, nuggies. Nuggies and the Grizz just behind. The Grizz have done a really good job of sticking in this season. They've um they've they've won a heck of a lot of games. And when the Grizzlies show up, oof, they can be dangerous. They can be dangerous. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. They're they're showing their character without um Stephen Adams in there at the moment as well. They're, it's it's a real uh big big opportunity for Jaron Jackson to kind of solidify himself as the as the presence inside that that he can be and that he's kind of struggled to be this uh, so far in his career just just through dumb fouls basically is what's kept him from being like the defensive player of the year yeah look uh, you know and it is nice when uh you know they're not trying to you know fight people on the sidelines um <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how he didn't get kicked out. That's that. Ah, uh, look, a- anyone else you'd have to think would have, but media personality. I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Yeah. You'd have to think anyone else surely would have. A regular person would have been bounced. Yeah, they would have been bounced like twenty minutes before mm-hmm. the whole thing happened when he started talking to mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Yep. But anyhow. Anyway. Anyhow. Moving on to light the beam, baby. Light yeah, the beam. baby. The Cinderella story of Cinderella stories, if they can get it across the line. Still a long way out from oh, the finals, but oh long, my Lord. Long way away. This is the best position they've been in, what, 20 years? Like, oh, they've just got something going. Um, genuinely seems to have... They seem to actually have some chemistry, some want to win. It, it's really great to see, especially for those, you know, um, you know, those diehard Kings fans out there. Actually showing some tick. Like it, it's it's a hell of a turnaround um from last season. And it, it's 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 great to see that they're at least giving some the fans some genuine hope. Yeah. Some they... genuine hope. They give me some um, Memphis vibes from like last year or the year before. Just like a bunch of young guys that play hard and and really enjoy like being with each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all those the every uh, every post game interview with Memphis, it's, it kind of feels like the same, like that same vibe. And it's been great. I'm really excited for them. I, like I, I'm not a Kings fan, but I. Yeah, I I love that they're finally starting to uh, starting to do better. You know, yeah, definitely. It's been a long time. Indeed, indeed. Clippers just behind them, and then you've got the Timberwolves. Just yeah, what the hell? hanging on? <laughs> yeah, Ed Edwards has been incredible. He has. Um, he's been fantastic. So genuinely, looks like he's just going to be the future of the team. As he and should be, and definitely, and some tough decisions will be made around others. But yeah, yeah, you know, he's looking like the guy. I know, uh, I know, Minnesota normally trade the guy, but I'd hold on to this one. 
<laughs> you'd, you'd hope so. No, I only trade the guy if he's a, if he's a power forward. Well, true. True, true. Yeah. True. So get rid of your your star power forward. That's that's the uh, <laughs> MO of the of the Timberwolves. Cat's uh, next to go. He, they've just changed him to a power forward. He's he's uh, obviously going. Oh, they're transitioning me transitioning him out the door. The other <laughs> the other Minnesota Timberwolves play is draft horribly. Don't forget traditionally. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong, they you know, sometimes they do it really well. Um, Pick they, two point guards over Steph Curry. Sometimes uh, they do it really bad too. <laughs> Derek Williams. Could be some other ones. What do we got? Oh, Trade what? for Anthony Bennett. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof. Anywho, yeah. Let, let, let's keep it moving. Moving on. <clears throat> uh, Warriors just behind. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, just above 500. Mavs. Still one game above 500, just below them in seven. Pels, again, one game above 500. So things Sliding. are super tight. But yeah, Pels, unfortunately. They're on that paces slide as well, one and nine in their last ten. Mm-hmm. They've just got B.I. back, but he's he's not playing uh, back-to-backs and still knows Ion. So yeah. they're in a tough spot, but they they've got the depth in their team that they should be winning more than like one out of 10 games. So mm. hopefully they remedy it because that was also a pick of mine to make <laughs> the conference <laughs> finals. <laughs> uh, and Suns, the fourth team on 26 and 25 as we record. So yeah, just above that 500 mark and there's four teams in the bottom half of that uh, you know, play-in sort of area. It's really tight. Really like, tight, yeah. And Jazz just like behind the- that on... Yeah. A neat 500, so, you know, to round out the that 10th place. Give me OKC to get into that play-in. Let's well, go. they're I'd... only one game behind there. And then, then of course, you got the Trail ba- Trailblazers a couple of games back. And then Lakers is the only Spurs and Rockets. They're done. That's the sweepstakes for Wemby, so. Yep. Certainly is. They're competing for the for that uh, higher percentage. Yep, and oh, Lakers will have to do something special, like get Anthony Davis healthy for the rest of the season. Yeah, which it's not. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that young man is made of glass, and yeah, so just also a uh, quick quick shout out to our guy Giddy. He is. Mm-hmm playing out of his skin recently and that's no small part obviously days probably is definitely the biggest part of the reason they're winning so many games but Giddy's the second guy on that team he is playing outstandingly well 16 and 8 with six assists a game yeah yeah let's go absolutely balling isn't it Uh, it's yeah it's, it's good and on that note we'll end up our NBA chat and we'll transition over to our local card shop of Woolengabba NBA Crackham. I've got two little packs this week. Uh, we've got a Flux 2020-2021 season three-card pack, and I've got a Panini Prism 2021-2022 Prism pack with four cards in it. So seven cards in total, mate. Need at least four to get a pass mark. <laughs> but Just I know I, against myself out here. <laughs> I know you're harder on yourself uh for for ones you don't quite get or or need some pretty heavy clues on more than anyone else out there. So look, let's jump into it and we'll see how we go. All right, first cut, we'll go the flux pack first. All right. Uh the something footed someone showed extra verve in a March 31, 2021 affair in OKC and produced 18.7 assists, five steals, four rebounds, and four blocks. The standout guard always gives it his all, and and as an end result, sometimes he ends up doing it all for the Raptors. Oh. Uh... Jesus, 2021. That's a lot of stats. 
It is a lot of stats. A lot of stats. The fleet footed. Fleet footed. Is that just trying to say Freddie Van Bleet then? It is. Freddie Van Bleet. How did he get that many blocks? Uh, judging from this, the, the picture on the front of the card, the ginormous guns he's rocking, mate. Absolute. Freddie Van Vliet, Jesus, he's so little. Cannon arms, oh, he is, but in, in this particular photo, <clears throat> he comes up to the neck of the person, <laughs> of the defender <laughs> behind him, but he's got some cannons. He's rocking some cannons. He does. All right, next card. Somebody boosted his offensive game big time with Brooklyn in the 2019-2020 season. In 2020-2021, he kept that mojo going with the Nets to start the campaign before moving to Indiana and establishing himself as a top scorer there. In 35 games with the Pacers, the swingman averaged 20.7 points and 1.8 triples. Oh, God. Who went from there to there? I'll give you a hint. This is a while ago. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a hint. The <laughs> trade that saved his life. The trade. Oh. Oh, who was that, though? Oh, it's uh, Karis LeVert. There you go, Karis LeVert. Yeah, yeah, what a story that is. Oh. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, if he didn't trade it, he probably could have died. Possibly. Like, you know. Yeah. We'll never know other way, thankfully, but uh, like, yeah, Uh, amazing story. Amazing. All right. Last card from the Flux Pack. Per Minnesota coach Chris French, somebody took the path less traveled, the defensive route, as a hoopster. I think the NBA's offensively driven league, French said to the TwinCities.com. Most of these guys get to the league by being gifted offensively. There's not a lot of guys who will guard their way to the league. Oh, this is a Koji, isn't it? It is. It is. I believe yeah. it is a card we've had we recently. Had, yeah, that's why, yeah, why <clears throat> I, I, I recognise the... Uh, the, um, the spiel on the back? The getting, yeah, to get into the league yep. defence. Yep. yep. This one is a, a blue holograph card, so slightly Ooh. different. We had a regular one this last time. Blue hollow this time. So a bit fancy. Okay. <clears throat> All right. The Panini Prism pack 2021-2022 season pack. All right. Are oh, we bringing out the fancy cards now? The fancy cards. Uh, these ones have uh, the, the final card, just looking at it, will be a throwback style card. I know Ooh, you love okay. those. I know. I do. I, I just love the heads up. That's all I like, Anna Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. All righty. Oh, nice one to start us off. A bigger 3 and D player. Somebody stands at a gigantic 6 foot 10, protects the rim like a club bouncer, and owns a sweet shot that devastates opponents. During the Mavericks' 124-117 victory over the Nuggets on Jan 7, hey, my birthday, 2021. Happy birthday, Mel. Thanks, bud. The versatile behemoth drilled three triples and tallied a pair of blocks. Is it Maxi Kleber? Number 42 for the Dallas Mavs, seven-year man out of Germany, Maxi Kleber. There we go. Bit surprised they call him a swing man, but I'll I'll take it. Yeah, nice. He is a shooter. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, undrafted. I'm sorry, undrafted undrafted out of the university of oklahoma somebody was a long shot to make any roster let alone a stacked lakers squad not sure about that with a standout summer league and head turning training camp the guard did just that shortly before the season kicked off the team converted his two-way deal into a full-time contract is it Austin Reeves? It is Austin Reeves, a rookie Ooh. card. Number 31 for the Aaron, Lakers. Aaron would have beaten me to that one, I think. He would definitely retell it that way, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, for a third card, sorry, third card. A scoring superstar, Trey Young, often gets double teamed when he catches fire. Somebody can help cool off that pressure. The Hawks' first round selection in 2021 is comfortable with the ball in his hands and is able to set up his teammates or create a bucket for himself in a pinch. First round pick in 2021. Mm -hmm. Who was that? I believe it was the number 20 pick. Took him with the number 20 pick. He's like the athletic dude. I can't think of what he's doing. Number one for the Atlanta Hawks. I don't think he is. He still. I don't think he's still on the Hawks. Is he? I believe so. Second season. I think he started six games this this year for them. No, no, I'm out. JJ. JJ. Oh, JJ Washington. Nope. Nope. Oh, JJ. Like he's. Oh, yeah. J and J. First Uh, last name Johnson. Correct. Something, Jonathan. Uh, yep. <laughs> not James. Nope, not James. Not like Darren, Josh. No, no, I can't think of a, a name that's going to fit Oh, God. <laughs> Mrs. Rose. Uh, apparently, if you believe the stories. Jalen Johnson. There we go. There you go. Uh, if you believe Jackson. the stories, Mrs. Rose invented the name Jalen. So, yeah, <laughs> Jalen Johnson rookie card, an instant impact card, actually a hollow and everything. So quite a oh, nice well. card. Quite a nice card. All right, mate. Thinking, oh, I was thinking of the athletic guy that now plays for the um, Trailblazers, the one that they traded from the Clippers. I can't think of what his name is, but they're a very similar uh, style player. Similar back of the card, you reckon? Yeah, I'd think so. All good. All right, we've got... This one. This one is a little bit of a throwback. Okay. A little bit of a throwback card. All right. Yep. I'm oh, on it. Absolutely stunning photo as well. Ooh. All right. Ooh. Okay. We'll see how you go. We'll see how you go. <laughs> the Tasmanian Devils spun up a storm in Looney Tunes cartoons, but the animated whirling dervish had nothing on somebody. When it came to storming into the lame, Driving defenders loony with his crafty ability to twist through traffic, the pirouetting playmaker produced a dizzying array of stats for Dallas. Um, we'll throw back to that. I'm thinking Steve Nash. It is indeed, yes. Oh, yes, number 13. Steve Nash, when he had the long hair. Let it flow and everything in games. Just, yeah, flying through what looks like he's going to be, I, I'm going to assume lap. Um, what? <laughs> most probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, well, uh, he was probably just about to pass it. <laughs> right uh, and yeah. then just a behind the back whip pass to the corner. <laughs> he's not Jason Williams, mate. Is. <laughs> Well, but, you you go have a look at some Steve Nash highlights, and you'll see that exact move. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I definitely maybe would not have. with as much flair. Well, as, as white chocolate. Well, that that's the thing. White chocolate has these amazing, you know, mixtapes and things, but Steve Nash mm. has, you know, this amazingly long career and MVPs and all these other things. Doesn't really need a mixtape to tell his story, um, you know. Uh, hopefully there's more to his coaching story, but we'll just have to yeah. wait and see on that one. Just have to wait but, and see. But yeah, any any young people listening to the pod that haven't uh, seen a lot of Steve Nash and they've only seen him coaching, look up those highlights because they are tough. Mm. He made some insane passes. That man was incredible. He certainly did. And if you believe the stories, um, really had played a huge part in... Uh, uh, keeping Dirk in the lead in the uh, in the league in those early early days. Um, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I listened to the, the like Dirk tell it of of that mm, that you know? he was really struggling, and yeah, Steve Nash because they're around the same age. Yep. Or well, Steve's slightly older. They kind of bonded and 
yeah, it worked out fantastic for the both of them, honestly. Yeah, <clears throat> and even you know, even though uh, Steve Nash eventually left the Mavericks, obviously worked out really well for them with Dirk staying mm. around and eventually winning that first chip. Uh, all right, mate, that's going to bring it to a, bring us to an end here. You know, thanks, thanks as always for joining. Well, more than happy to stop by. Thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. But uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, if if you can jump on the socials and. Flick us those likes, those subscribes, those even those shares. We love it. We love a good share. Uh, you know, jump on the stories and the reels and the different things that we're gonna. Uh, we're starting to pump out there you know, more and more all the time as well. Uh, if you are listening on a service that uh, allows for five star reviews, please go ahead and do that. And thank you to those who already have. I really appreciate that. Well, jump on that paid sponsorship so uh, so Mel can afford to fit out the rest of the. Uh rest of studio three <laughs> well yes we you know there are costs costs to this thing so any any help will definitely help <laughs> in that sense uh, if you do want to jump on that uh the link is on um the spotify or anchor uh anchor pages which we share out with the pod that's gonna bring us to an end though so yeah that'll that'll wrap us right up but uh until you're hearing the podcast again, just remember that ball don't lie. It never does.